I'm so glad you come on Wednesday night. Amen. I hope that you come uh, as hungry for the Word of God as I come to share that Word with you. I, I don't claim to be the wisest, and I certainly am not the best, but I do come tonight with a heart full, and I hope I can give you what the Lord has shared with me over the last few weeks. We've been looking at the 23rd Psalm. And I will have to tell you that since I have begun reading the 23rd Psalm and studying through it carefully as I had admonished all of you to do when we began, it has taken on a whole new life, a life all of its own because it has such powerful principles and there are so many fantastic and wonderful things that are mentioned here in this particular psalm known by most anybody that knows anything about the bible they can quote you the 23rd psalm and so i want us to read it together if you would read out loud they're going to pull it up on the boards here if they don't have it in the moment they'll have it psalms 23 verse 1 we're going to read down to the end verse number 6 we're going to read the whole thing, then we're going to go back and take a portion of it for tonight and try to dissect it and try to uh, assimilate it into our life. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And everyone said, Amen. The 23rd Psalm has been referred to by some as the autobiography of the soul. Because I believe it delves into the deepest needs and it talks to us about the greatest concerns that we all have of life. Whether you're a young person or middle-aged or you are older in years, there is something about this psalm and the needs that are mentioned and the ministry that is promised that is a comfort to whoever and whatever stage of life you may find yourself in. When you talk about provision, guidance, when you talk about protection, care, when you speak of watchfulness and concern, it cannot help but warm your heart. And certainly it should bring peace to your soul. It is this great psalm, and it is in this great psalm that God sends out a challenge to our faith. 
the challenge comes by way of the name of which he is addressed in verse number 1. He is addressed as the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. The Lord, Old Testament interpretation of that word in the Hebrew was Jehovah. The literal interpretation in our modern vernacular would be the I am. Anytime you read the word the Lord or Lord in the Old Testament, you are talking about God, His name, as He manifests Himself being Jehovah or the I am. The self-existent one. The one who is independent of all others. Who needs none other. Who stands alone all by himself. The I am. When you think about it, the I am what? That's the beauty of that name and that revelation. I am whatever you need. Virtually, that name was a blank check to the bearer. How many of you like a blank check with a signature on it? Wouldn't that be fantastic? To just have somebody come up and sign a name and just say, this is your, just do whatever you want, write it for however much you want to write it for. And that is literally what God does for man through that name that he revealed to us, Jehovah. And we understand that Jehovah of the Old Testament became Jesus in the New Testament. And I don't have time to go into all that, but it is a blank check. He said, I am. And so by the assumption of this name, God admits, I want you to listen to me. God admits certain obligations and certain responsibilities are upon him. When he says to us, when he reveals himself to us and he said, I am Jesus, I am Jehovah, I am the I am. He is assuming on himself a responsibility and an obligation of certain things. By giving us that name and by speaking that name, he has committed himself to do and to be certain things, whatever you need. It is in this understanding of that name that the psalmist ground of confidence is understood. When he began to consider his God and he began to consider all that his God had done for him and all that he had been and all that he had provided. He remembered him as the Jehovah, the I am, the all-inclusive one, the everything you need one, the blank check one. When he remembered him as that, the psalmist confidence soared and he laid his confidence in the very character of God. Thus, the deep of supply meets the deep of need. And oh, what a ministry. And so God challenges our faith by His very name. He challenges our faith by the name that He reveals to us. Because 
Relations carry obligations. And relationships carry obligations. And so the desire of God's heart in revealing himself as Jehovah is that somewhere man would be challenged by that word and in faith reach out and take hold of that and say, that is mine. That belongs to me. And so he roots himself in the bedrock of who God is. And surely it is gladness to God when he hears faith respond to the statement, the Lord is my shepherd. It is gladdened when we, when he hears the response, I shall not want. Amen. That is faith's answer to God's promise. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. Somebody ought to thank him right now that he is the great I am. He is everything you need. It doesn't matter what it is. He is all in all. Somebody ought to say praise the Lord for that tonight and clap your hands to him and give him praise for that right now. Hallelujah. When we really recognize who He is and what He is and what He has done and what He can do, then there are claims that become ours because He called Himself by that name. There are promises that I can lay hold of because He said, I am. Do you get what I'm saying? Some of you still looking at me kind of blank like you're not, you're not picking up where I'm at. But when God made a commitment and said, I am, I am whatever you need. I am the morning star. I am the evening star. I'm the rising sun. I'm the night light. I'm whatever. I'm your provision. I'm your protector. I'm your provider. Whatever it is, then it becomes my responsibility to reach out and say, that is my God. That is my Savior. That is my Lord. And I lay claim to that promise because of the name that he has called himself by. Praise God. This portion of our text that we want to read tonight and look at deals with and reveals a tremendous truth about life. Last week we talked to you about the restoring of our soul and how God as our shepherd works to get us on our feet and how he works to provide us with an atmosphere where We are safe and cared for. Today, tonight, I want to talk to you about the next phrase that is mentioned in that verse. In that he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Life is like an unmarked road. There are many twists and turns to it. And there are often blind curves and there are sometimes on unmarked crossings. Navigation of this thing called life is not always easy because there are so many possible choices and there are so many decisions that have to be made. And life is filled with so many mistakes. And the bottom line is, folks, we only get to pass this way one time. One time. 
And so it is important that we get it right the first time. Amen. Everybody say just one time. Just once. He's appointed unto man once to die. There is one time we pass through. An elderly lady in my home church used to stand and testify only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. All that I could remember was the first phrase, only one life and soon it will pass. And so it is with us. Life passes daily before us and we are moving toward our own end. We are moving toward our own final resting place if the Lord does not come. And so it is important that we get life right, that we do it right. And it is oh so easy to get lost. It is oh so easy for us to lose our way in life. And it is easy to get off course in the world in which we live. Not only is it easy to lose our way, but it is also easy for us to become lost in our direction and not really know where to go and what to do and what is the next thing and what is the next step. And then it is also very hard sometimes just to find our way. Amen. We lose our sense of direction and we come as, as Yogi Berra I'm not talking about the comedian, the, the, the comic strip. I'm talking about the baseball player who was known for a lot of his quips. He said, we come to the fork in the road and when you do, you take it. That's not life. You don't get those options. You have one way or the other. And so how often it is we come to that fork in the road and we don't know what's the next move. What's, what's the right decision? What's the right uh, thing to do for my life? And how do I know that I'm doing the right thing? Jesus said in John chapter 10, My sheep know my voice. And they will not hear or heed another voice. That's very interesting. When my wife calls me and says, Hello, honey, I don't say, Who is this? Because, at least if I know what's good for me, I won't. <laughs> But I know her voice. As a matter of fact, she doesn't have to even tell me who it is. When I hear her voice, I know who it is. And Jesus said, if you get to know me the way you need to know me, you'll recognize my voice as well. And you will know this is the right way. Walk in it. This is the right thing. It has been my experience when I come to a point in my life when I am confused and I don't know the next thing to do. I need to slow down and I need to start listening to the voice or voices that I understand and that resonate. And then I need to make sure that the voice that I am hearing, not voices, but the voice that I am hearing is the Lord. And the only way I can know His voice is I have to talk to Him enough to get accustomed to hearing his voice. And God does speak. Amen. He does speak. And so we come to this place in our life. Trying to order our days. And order our lives. And we get mixed up. We get mired in ruts. 
And sometimes we get stuck in repetitious behavior, many times destructive behavior. Every day life is filled with choices and decisions that are literally pushing me toward a destiny. Whether I like it or not, it is pushing me toward a destiny. And without any evil intent, without even trying to be bad, we form habits of living sometimes which can be injurious to our good life and to godliness and even to our walk with God. Oh, how we need guidance in our life. How we need right paths. Amen. Everybody say right paths. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Everybody say that with me. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The reassuring word of the songwriter is that God is going to do for me what is best as my shepherd. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Or the literal translation says, He leads me in the right paths. Amen. The right paths. To me, there's a world of comfort in those simple words. He leadeth me. Amen. Say it with me. He leadeth me. It intimates a divine hand upon my life. It intimates a divine purpose in all that is going on in my life. Not chance or whim, but purpose and design. There's reason to all of this. As chaotic as life gets sometimes, when I am walking with Him, when I am being what He called me to be is just one of His sheep. If I will allow Him, He will lead me. He will put His hand upon my life and He will steer my life in the direction that it needs to go. And nothing will happen to me that will be outside the scope of that divine purpose. Do you understand that tonight? That when He leads you, nothing happens to your life or in your life that is outside the scope of that purpose. He won't, he won't allow it. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, not chance. There's reason. What a safety and what a security there is in my life when I come to understand and regard my life as being led by the Lord. Daily, everybody say daily. Daily He shapes my purpose and my destiny. Praise God. The shepherd's responsibility was not to merely one day find good pasture, but to continually find good pasture. It was not his job to merely lead them one day, but to lead them every day. He led them every day. 
He directed them. Every day he was involved. And so every day when we understand that God is directing our lives, he is shaping the purpose and destiny. That's why when when Paul began to consider the life of a child of God, he had to say, all things work together for the good to them who love him, who are the call according to his purpose. There's no other way to look at it. And if God is directing my life, if he is ordering my step, if he is taking me places where I need to go, then everything that happens in my life is for my good. Or he wouldn't let it happen. That means good and bad. That, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have some stones to step over. I'm going to get into some of that in a moment, but if he's leading, everything's going to be all right. If he's directing, everything is going to be all right. Our job is not to know the way. Our job is to follow the way he leads. Amen. And the Bible says, he leadeth me, personal, individual. God doesn't look at this congregation and see however many number that are here and just takes us all in as, as one and said, oh, that's a body. That's one body. He looks in here at every one of us individually, all of our idiosyncrasies, all of our little quirks, all of our, our, our blemishes, all of our weaknesses, and he leads me as an individual. Praise God. He leads me as one. It is important to note that He leads me. He does not drive me. That's a very important principle that some people have never understood about God. He leads me. That means if He is leading me, He is climbing the same hill I'm climbing right now. If He's leading me, He's in the same valley that I'm in. If he's leading me, he's in that same dangerous spot that I'm in right now. If he's leading me. Because he is the good shepherd. I'm not alone. He doesn't drive me. He doesn't take, you know, I'm going to get into it later, but we talk about thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What is comforting about a staff? A staff was literally a billy club. It was what the shepherd used to beat off the wild beast. It was not for the sheep. God never gets his staff and his club mixed up. Now preachers sometimes do. And churches sometimes do. But God never gets the two mixed up. And the club... The only reason he had a club was for the sheep's enemies. The staff was for the sheep. And I'll go into that later. But God never gets those mixed up. He never gets confused about what I need in my life. And he is always there with me. If he's leading me, he's not driving me, he's leading me, then that means he's right there in the thick of the battle where I'm at right now tonight. He's there. 
the promise is that he will lead us into the right paths. Right paths. Paths opposed to that which are crooked or uneven. Paths which lead directly to the goal. Paths that lead to the good, to the grace of God, to the blessings of God. What are the paths that are alluded to here? They are nothing more than that which completes and crowns my life and directs my life into its most worthy course and produces in me the best result. That's the path that he's talking about. What prevents me from further wanderings or transgression, that's the path that he's leading me to. He is going to lead me in ways that are suitable to his nature, that are like him. Now the devil leads people in ways that are like him, and they are crooked, and they are perverse, and there is nothing that exposes me to more hazards and snares and dangers than false, crooked, deceptive ways. But he leads me in the right path. He leads me in paths that will be best for my life. Say that with me. He leads me in paths that will be best for my life. Paths that are clear, that are worked out. Paths that are safe, free from fear, free from worry, free from, from, from the, 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 the fear of what the enemy can do. He leads me in paths that are pleasant. Not only is he there with me, but there are others there that are there to comfort me. Good company on this road. And they are straight. They're not crooked. They're not perverse. But they're simple. They're uncomplicated. And they're blessed. True happiness and true holiness are not separable. I want to say that again. True happiness and holiness are inseparable. There can be no true happiness in a person's life Apart from true holiness or rightness. You can't do two wrongs and make a right. Two wrongs just make two more wrongs. Amen. True happiness and holiness are inseparable. And the Bible said he leads me in that kind of path. The path that is best for my life. A path that takes into consideration my needs, my weaknesses, my idiosyncrasies, my likes, my dislikes. All of those things are factored in to the heart of the shepherd when he looks for places to take his sheep. And the Bible said he does that for me. He leads me in the paths of righteousness or in right paths. But this is what I really like about it. He said he does it for his name's sake. Whew. Now, here's a double blessing. First of all, he leads because he knows the need of the sheep. He knows what my need is as a person. He knows what my weaknesses are 
as an individual. He knows where I need to go, where my life will best be lived out and what the best potential for my life. He knows all of that and so he leads me because of that. But he also leads me because of his own reputation. Because of his own namesake. Not because I deserve it, but because of his namesake. I challenge you to go home and get a, 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 a Bible reference book of some kind and look up the number of times that it mentions for his namesake in Scripture. And notice what is done and how many things God does for his namesake. For his namesake. And the Bible said he leads me in paths of righteousness, not just because I need it, but because he has a reputation to uphold. There's an enemy that's watching him. There's, there are eyes that are beholding what he's doing in my life. And so he's doing this for his name's sake. What did Paul say in Ephesians about principalities and power and about angels and all he said something to the effect that the church we as born again people that we are a test case we are being shown to angels and angels are looking right now at what god is doing in us and they're saying wow Woo. can you believe what god's doing can you understand what's happening do you realize what god is doing for those people now that's paraphrase but that's basically what it means and he's doing that for his namesake. Now, all of us thought it was because of our reputation. But folks, God's doing a lot of stuff because of his own name. He forgot about our reputation a long time ago because our reputation was lost, a lost cause for some of us a long time ago. But God is doing what he's doing in my life, not because I deserve it, not because my name is in lights and my name is on a sign, but he's doing what he's doing for my life because of his very own namesake, because of his own reputation. Praise God. Go look up how many things God will do for his namesake. Let's talk about sheep for a moment. Sheep have certain behavioral problems and tendencies that will lead them to destruction. When a sheep is left to itself, sheep are enemies to themselves. When they are left to themselves, they will overgraze the same area. And they are such creatures of habit that they will walk in the same paths until they have literally rutted them down and made them dangerous to travel in if they're left to themselves. Sheep are not animals like cows that uh, will eventually come back to the barn at night. They're not dogs or cats that even if you take them far away from home, somehow there's this inner, inner GPS system in them. And we hear often of the miraculous journey of these animals back to their home. They have this sense of knowing how to get back home. Sheep are not like that. Sheep are not like that. They overgraze one area and they will eat. One, one writer said they literally, he saw one field 
where the, the, the sheep ate not only the blades, but they dug up the root and they ate the very root of the plant. So they basically made that land a wasteland that could produce nothing. And if, if sheep are left to themselves, that's how they do. And if people are left to themselves, that's exactly how they do. They will stay in the same area until it is infected with disease and parasites and it becomes a danger. They like the same place. They like the same routine. They like their favored places. They have certain things they like. And they will return over and 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 over. You tell me that that's not human nature. I've always wondered when I pastored why some people just can't, they just can't seem to get out of it because it's in that nature. It's not in man and it is not in a woman to be able to direct his path. They will go around the same paths until they are rutted and wasted and they will even do it to their own destruction. For their safety. Everybody say for their safety. The shepherd being the good shepherd must plan their steps and he must order their day so that they are led from pasture to pasture. Healthy flocks are the result of good husbandry. The owner's name and reputation is at stake. And so he manages his flock well. He must keep them moving into wholesome, new, fresh forage every day. And so constantly he is directing his flock. The shepherd has to walk over the ground ahead of them and ahead of time to make sure that it was good forage land. Do you understand that? Before you ever got to where you were tonight, God already came and he made sure that there was going to be grass for you to graze on. That before you ever got up this morning, God was already in the morning making sure that everything would work for your good. Oh God, I don't believe that. Yes, I'm telling you that's what God does. A good shepherd goes ahead of them and he goes ahead of time. And perhaps one writer said this was the greatest responsibility that dominated his thought was that responsibility to his flock to constantly be looking for and working for and leading them to new pastures. The shepherd has intimate knowledge of the pasture land. He knows where to take them next and he knows What will provide the best nourishment for them? Do you understand that when God is working in your life, He knows what will produce the best results in your life? But we fight that. We fight against what God is trying to nurture in us. We rebuke it. We pray God send it away. We pray God do away. Get this out of my life. Get this, get it out of my mind. When the truth is, if He is my shepherd, He is leading me in paths of rightness. He is leading me down the right road where I will find the best nourishment and I will grow spiritually and become everything that he intended for me to be. Somebody said amen.
He leads me in the right paths. The idea is that there are perilous places where they could become lost or jeopardized. And surely there were. There were paths that were often narrow and steep and difficult to travel. And there were other paths that were nothing but blind alleys that led them into a dead-end corner. And there were other places that were forbidden. They were off limits. And so the shepherd had to go ahead. And he had to lead them in places. And sometimes they did go through narrow places. But they saw their shepherd before them leading them. And they followed faithfully. And they made it through. There are paths that lead somewhere good to green pastures, to still waters. And when they followed the shepherd, the path always ended up somewhere good. Praise God. It always ended up somewhere worthy. And so the sheep trusted that somewhere to the shepherd's judgment. They have to be managed and they have to be handled with intelligent care. The shepherd does not leave us to our own ways, to the whims of our own destructive habits, but he manages our life well if he is my shepherd, if I am submitted to him as my shepherd. He's not an indifferent Lord. He does not leave me to my own devices. He does not leave me to myself. If he is my shepherd, that means that he is with me all the way, every step of the way. Amen. He'll bring you to places that you need to be. The greatest concern of the shepherd is for the welfare and the health of his sheep. He knows them. He knows them well. And for their sake, he constantly works to make the necessary safeguards against whatever would harm them, even their own natural tendencies, that inborn habit that compromised their life. The greatest, this is what was interesting to me, the greatest single safeguard that the shepherd uses in handling his sheep to keep them in safe pasture and to lead them in the right path is to keep them on the move, constantly moving them. They are moved from pasture to pasture. This moving keeps them in fresh pasture and out of ruts. And God is constantly moving us by His Spirit. In many ways, He moves us, trying to keep us in fresh pasture. And you know the sad, sad truth is many People refuse to move. They like the rut they're in. They like all of the sickness, the parasites, everything that's eating away at their spiritual life, everything that's absorbing and sucking out of them the very life that they need. They are content living there. And the good shepherd said, I want to take you somewhere I want to lead you somewhere, and I'm going to keep you on the move. I'm going to do my best to try to keep you out of a rut. There is a deliberate plan of action by the shepherd. They are not left to their own fate. It is not my responsibility to know where the next move is. It is my responsibility to follow where he leads. Praise God. He goes before me. He walks every foot of the ground. He knows the advantages 
He knows the drawbacks of every place. And He leads us. He's with us. As we eat, He is there. As we nurture our life in His presence, He is constantly watching over us. His responsibility as a shepherd is to maintain balance in their lives. That's why He's constantly moving them. Because if He left them in one place, they would eat the ground down to where they would be nothing but what they call wild weeds. And they're not healthy for the sheep to eat on. And they're not good balance or their, 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 their nurturing system. And so He constantly moves them to keep them in balance. He moves them so that they will constantly be in a place where goodness and mercy will flow into their lives. Oh, if we could ever get our hands on that one concept that God is always working to maintain balance in our life. You know what I've noticed about humanity? Our greatest tendency is we just go overboard on in too many areas. And God's working to keep that life balanced. Amen. One of the, the greatest advice that a friend of mine ever gave me when I started pastoring. And I don't know if he just knew that I was kind of high strung at the time. But he said, I'm going to tell you the best news, the best thing I can tell you as a pastor. Don't ever get too high and don't ever get too low. Now, that sounds a little boring, but I want to tell you what it saved me from. It saved me from a lot of knee-jerk reactions. It saved me from a lot of unnecessary pain. It saved me from a lot of embarrassment. Don't get too high. Don't. That sounds boring to me, Brother Hughes. There's some folks that if it's not high, we're not having church. Amen. If they're not hanging it from the chandelier, then we just, it was boring tonight. But life is not made out of those extremes. Life is made out of the balancing of things. And so God works to balance things in our life. And when life gets out of balance, He has a unique way of getting it all back in balance. And sometimes his humbling of us to bring us to that place we think is a, is, is a disadvantage. But in reality, all he's doing is for our good. Amen. You know what I've learned about the Lord? My comfort is not his main concern. My character is. And my character development is. And so he makes me uncomfortable sometimes. And when I get out on a tangent... God has a way of bringing me back in, bringing balance back to my life. Sheep are not keen like lions, and they're not swift like an antelope, and they're not smart like a dog. And I hope you don't take this offensively tonight, but the most outstanding characteristic of sheep is they're incredibly dumb. <clears throat> I didn't say that. I didn't use that analogy. The Word did. There is no, listen to me, there is no other class of livestock that requires more careful handling, more detailed direction than sheep. Now, he could have likened us to cows. He could have likened us to oxen or anything else, but he didn't. He could have likened us to the lion or to the bear or to many other Creatures that we could have drawn an analogy, but he said, he said that you are like sheep 
You are like sheep that have to have careful handling and detailed direction. And I, he, he said, I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm saying that so you know how much I care for you. So that you know how much I watch over you. And if we are left to ourselves, we will follow the same trails over and over and over and over until they're rutted and polluted and wasted. Sheep also go astray for no apparent reason. For no apparent reason. And then when they get astray, they can't find their way back home. And so it's the shepherd's responsibility to go after them. They're directionally challenged. And he knows that. And so he goes to find them. The Bible said he left the 90 in time. And he went and he searched until he found it. That is my Lord. A sheep's vision is very limited. They tell me that a sheep cannot see more than 12 to 15 yards ahead of itself. How limited is his vision? How often we stand at the crossroad of life and we don't know what to do. And we don't know what way to take. And we hear the words of Jeremiah the prophet who said, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. But the psalmist speaks up and he says, There is one who will guide you into the right path. The ministry of promise is that he would lead me. And the ministry promise of the Holy Ghost was that it would lead me and guide me into all truth. When I allow God and I follow Him as my shepherd, He will manage my life and He will lead me in the right paths toward the right goal. That, to me, is the greatest promise that God could give me. That if I allow Him to manage my life and lead my life, that He will lead me into the right paths. Stubbornness leads to brokenness. And we live in a stubborn world, a world that is intoxicated under its own doings, intoxicated by its own desire. They are intoxicated in doing their own thing. And the, and the psalmist, he presents to man a whole new set of attitudes. He said, if you'll let God lead you, your life will be blessed. If you'll let God lead you, your life will go somewhere. Amen. If you let God lead you, your life won't end up in a rut. If you let God lead you, your life will not be infested with disease and all kind of problems that will cause you hurt and harm. If you will let Him lead you, He'll take you to green pastures and beside still waters and through the valley of the shadow of death. And He'll take you even into the presence of your enemy and you will fear no evil. Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Oh, my friend, how we need that hand upon us tonight. Amen. You know what I believe? I believe God wants to move some of us to some fresh ground. 
Amen. He wants to take us to some new places. Some of us have been foraging in the same place for way too long. Wondering why life is so lean and there's no joy. There's no strength about it. You need to get to where he's at. Amen. Listen to him. Follow him. Because he will lead you in the paths of rightness for his name's sake. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand together.